Thank you that you have not left us as orphans, but you have sent us another comforter. One to be our helper, one to be our standby, one to be our advocate, one to be our strengthener, one to be our intercessor, one who abides with us wherever we are and wherever we go. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, you may be seated, church. Thank you once again for each and every one of you all that have come out to revival service. Thank you for the praise team. Again, you have done a great job. Appreciate you, how you lead us. I can honestly say when I look at you guys, it's not about entertainment or performance, but it's really about ministry. I sincerely appreciate that in it. I asked Pastor Josh earlier, I said, Pastor, he had a good day. He said, kind of a tired today. I said, wow, I felt the same. It literally felt earlier this afternoon as if my bottom has fell out and I couldn't understand. And as we were worshiping, the Holy Spirit reminded me, you have already preached eight sermons in a matter of two days. And all of a sudden I realized why I feel like I felt today. I have had many pastors over the years that would ask me, okay, some of you all look at me and say, eight? Yeah, if you had been in conference with us on Saturday, there was five sessions in that conference. And then Sunday morning with Pastor Ricky and his church, I really didn't, I tried my utmost best, but I couldn't get him saved, you know. And then... From Sunday night with y'all, so if you, I mean, if you can do your maths, you know, and so uh, all of a sudden I understood why I felt as weary as I did. But there's nothing that can refresh and can revitalize you when you heed to the words when to praise God, when you feel like it or when you don't feel like it. Come on, church. Give me a smile. Don't look so mad. Do I need to run now or later or now and later? I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. I went home to the hotel room last night, and it was around about 4 o'clock in South Africa, and I didn't care who I woke in South Africa. But I wrote them on, we have a family WhatsApp group, and I have two other groups that I shared devotions with, and I just told them about what great service we had last night, you know, and, it, and I'm so thankful for it, you know. And again, thank you so much for every one of y'all coming. Thank you that you make my visit with y'all such a pleasant one. Because believe he me, I have been to places where I have literally asked God, Please accelerate time and get me out of here. You know, they'll come in the door. They won't look to the left or to the right. They will leave from the sanctuary and they will hit the exit sign. They will not look to the left or the right. They will make me concerned about myself. And then I have to ask my wife, can you see me? Because seemingly they can't. When they come in or when they leave, there's no good evening. And I've said it so many, you're not obligated to support anything, to buy anything from that table. But I mean, a smile doesn't cost you much. I mean, even if you just send me an emoji, you know. <laughs> Please go ahead and open your Bibles with me tonight at the book of Haggai. And we're going to read the whole chapter 1 and a part of chapter 2. And if you could please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. 
Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. He clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. He looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when he brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And he run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is state from dew, and the earth is state from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land. Who did it? God did not allow Satan to do it. God is very clear through the prophet as he speaks to the people. He said, I did it. And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel the son of Sehaltiel and Joshua the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king, Haggai chapter 2, in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do ye see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison as if it has, as it has nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when he came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear not forever. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. 
The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the, of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And it, in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Now turn with me to the book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You may be seated. Please do not close your Bible. Our text is Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Now I would like to read Zechariah 4 and verse 6 from the Amplified Bible. Then he said to me, This addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply, of oil from the olive trees is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. I would like to title this message. Now remember, we're still in conference. The best is yet to come. Thank you for your excitement, Pastor. I'm going to say it again. The best for this house and for that house is still to come. Oh, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. You see, the only reason why you are hesitant to give God some praise is because you do not believe it. Because if you honestly and truly believed that the best for this house is still to come, you know what you would have done? You know what I would have done if somebody would have said that to me sitting down? I would have been leaping up in joy and giving God some praise, knowing the best is yet to come. I'm going to say it again. The best is yet to come. Come on, church. Hallelujah. For those of you who do not really know the story... Let me just help you understand. Israel was in captivity by the Babylonians. And God brought a remnant of people out of captivity with a mandate. Let's call it a dream of God, a vision. And the dream of God that he was dreaming through this remnant of people, the vision he had was to rebuild the house of the Lord. To rebuild the temple of God. Now let me say it up front so that you understand. God does not live in a temple built with hands. But yet in the Old Testament, he manifested his presence. There you could behold his glory. But today, you just need to look at yourself in a mirror, and you ought to be able to discern the presence of God in your life. You ought to be able to see the glory of God in your life, because you have become the house of God. So he, this, he brought this remnant with this mandate. He was dreaming to see 
the temple being rebuilt. And as they came and they started the work, they had all these people around them. Because you see, you cannot just read the book of Haggai by itself. You have to go and read the book of Zechariah along with it as well to get a broader picture of this whole story. And so as they started with the work of the Lord, they had all these voices come to them because you have to understand when they came out of captivity, when they came to the place where the house of the Lord used to be, there was nothing. It was simply just a heap of rubble. And now they come because they want to walk in obedience to the dream that God is dreaming through them. That he has communicated to them through these two men. Through Zerubbabel, the son of Sehaltiel, the governor of Judah, and through Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak. And so while they are starting to just take this rubble apart and trying to relay the foundations, they were very zealous to do that which God required for them to do. But while they were busy with it, and, and I'm pretty sure, you know, they were, they were excited. I mean, you could hear the buzzing because even the men struggle to control their female hormones. Oh, they didn't get that. But yet there was all these voices coming at them. And so while they were, they put their hand to the plow to start with the work of the Lord and rebuild the house of God, had all these voices come to them. And who knows, you can only ignore a voice for a certain amount of time before it starts to take an effect on you, before it starts to take a toll on you. It gets into you. And so they allowed those voices to get to them, and they turned their back and walked away from the dream of God. And it's heartbreaking to say to you tonight, over the years I have seen so many congregations going nowhere slowly while the best was yet to come because they have allowed the voices to get to them. And so they've turned their back on the mandate of God. That's which he required of them. And now it's nothing but just a religious organization. I was up in Somerset, Kentucky. We were about, I would say about 30 pastors from different denominations and non-denominations having a breakfast together and uh, I had the opportunity just to share a word of encouragement with those men of God. And then, you know, after we had some fellowship, one elderly pastor walked up to me and he said to me, I actually come from the church of the Nazarene. He said, but I now live in Indiana and I pastor a church of God. He said, when I came there, we were about 40, 50 people. But now we just, on a good Sunday, we run about 20. He said, it's heartbreaking to have to say this, but eventually it will close down. So you will have to put on the doors, Ikabot, the presence of God has departed. But they just one of many, not just church of God's, not just assembly of God's, not just independent. Wherever you go, you'll find them. I preached up in, in West Virginia, way back in the mountains, like your people will call it, in the hollers. And uh, I stood in front of that congregation. And, and like I said last night, you know, I spoke with my wife sometimes. And I said, you have to love people enough to tell them the truth. 
And I told that church, y'all have positioned yourself to die a natural death. And they looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, would you please look around in the sanctuary? Where's the babies? Where's the toddlers? Where's the teenagers? Where is the young adults? Where is the elderly people in this congregation? I said, you have to understand that as the elderly pass away, what happens? You are shrinking numerically and eventually unless something drastically, dramatically happens, unless there's a serious intervention from God in this ministry, there will come a day you can write Ichabod. The presence of God has departed. They allowed these voices to get to them. And eventually they turned their back on the dream of God. And they started to work on their own houses. Their own comfort was more important to them than what the house of God was. Their own comfort was more important to them because, you see, nobody tried to stop them to do their own thing. As long as you just don't pick up the tools again and get busy with why God has brought you out of captivity. As long as you don't get back trying to rebuild the house of God, it is okay Go ahead, build your own house, build your own comfort zone, make it luxurious, three stories high, five cars. But just don't get back to the mandate that God has given you. And let me tell you something tonight, my brother and sister, God is not a coward. If he has purposed something in his heart, guess what? It will come to pass. And God has a way to get you and I back and, and, and involved to what he expects from us. I've said it so many times in my life. God is more concerned about our souls than what he is interested in the comfort of our living and if it means that we have to lose everything in this life for our souls to be saved, guess what? It will happen. And so God caused an economic collapse. Not the devil. God said, I. Can you remember that verse? Only three of y'all did. Others didn't follow when I was reading. He said, I did it. Why? Why would a loving and caring God do something like that to his beloved? Because he wants to bring them back to why he has brought them out of captivity. You see, God has no problem with you and I having a nice house. God has no problem with you and I having a good paying job. God has no problem with you and I wearing name brand clothes. God has a problem when these things enjoy priority over his mandate. But you see, they were so discouraged that not only they needed an intervention from God to get them back to the dream of God, they also needed God to move in their lives. And listen very carefully to Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sehaltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Listen to the Amplified. 
And the Lord aroused the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sehaltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people, so that they came and labored on the house of the Lord of hosts. What did you notice? God is busy dealing with three groups of people. Zerubbabel is a type of the pastor. Joshua is a type of the leadership. The remnant of the people is a type of the rest of the congregation. Because what God wants to accomplish for our benefit, but for His glory, cannot just be done through the pastor, cannot just be done through the pastor and the leadership, but it has to be done through the pastor, the leadership, and the rest of the congregation. That word stirred, aroused, means to open their eyes. He opened their eyes to see what? To see in the spiritual realm that which he was about to bring about through their work, through their cooperation, through them becoming what? Through them becoming co-laborers with him. And so he asked the question. He said, who is left among you who saw this, this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? You have to understand the only picture they had of a temple was the temple of Solomon. That's all they had. I remember when I pastored in South Africa, God gave me favor and I renovated the whole, actually from the fellowship hall, I completely renovated the fellowship hall, the Sunday school classrooms, the sanctuary, everything. And I had one couple come to me and say, we can't understand why you would waste all this money on this renovations? Because if Jesus was walking on the face of the earth, he would most probably have been gathering under a tree. I said, what Bible do you read? If this, although it's not the house of God, if this was not important to him, why would he have instructed them when they, they, they assembled the tabernacle of Moses, when they built the temple of Solomon? Why would he ask them to use gold? Why would he ask them to use silver? Hello? Am I just preaching to myself? I'm going to buy a CD too, don't worry. And so now they're looking at, at this rubble. And it really looks like nothing. And God asks, who is left among you? Who can recall this house in its former glory? When you would drive by, you would say, wow. Man, behold the house of God in its beauty and in its splendor. Now it looks like nothing. You see, I've come to learn it's not just bad things that can keep you in the past. Good things can keep you in the past as well. You want me to give you an example? Are you ready for this? You want to hold on to your pews because this is deep. How many times have you not said, Oh, I wish Donald Trump was still the president. I mean, I have seen so many pastors post on Facebook about the gas prices and all those things. And poor Biden gets the blame for everything. I said, hey, gas prices is high in South Africa too, so who do we blame? I said, blame Biden too. 
I have sat with so many pastors over the years. And the only thing they can speak about is a house in its former glory. You know, we used to run 300. And I'll tell you what, man, the people was involved. Don't know what's going on. You can't get people to come out anymore. I mean, when is, there, when is it a good time to have a revival? I've come to learn there's no good time. In the summer, they say, oh, it's too hot. In the winter, they say it's too cold. In the fall, oh, the leaves are too beautiful. So, I mean, you know, you just have to take a step of faith and go ahead and schedule a revival, whether it's in the school holidays or not. There's no good time. And like I said, I've sat with many pastors, many and, I, and especially if it's a new pastor that I've never been with before, they will take me to eat on the Saturday. And I really love to listen to them how they boast about their people. And they will tell me, Johan, man, I, I, I pastored the most loving, caring, and giving people. But I'm always waiting for a word. But, and if they don't give it to me, I said, yeah, but. I said, yeah, but, but I don't want to do anything. How did you know? I said, I hear the same story all over. Because you see, we just live in the past. We preach an historic Jesus. We preach an Old Testament Jesus to a New Testament church. What do I mean by that? Jesus said in the book of Revelations, I was. And so for most part, you will just hear about a Jesus that I was. Hardly ever do you hear about a Jesus that is I am. The best is yet to come. So God asked him, who's left among you? Don't look back because you can never pursue a future looking to the past. You can never pursue the better to come for this body of believers and for that body of believers looking back to what was because God does not work with what was. God is, doesn't work with what will come. He works with what is. Oh, come on, church. Now he starts to encourage. Listen very carefully. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Yet now be strong, alert. That's verse 4. Yet now be strong, alert, and courageous, O Zerubbabel, Says the Lord, be strong, alert, and courageous, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And be strong, alert, and courageous, all you people of the land. Stop right there first. You see, church, God is not just working with Zerubbabel. He knows Zerubbabel cannot accomplish by himself what I'm expecting. Neither is he just speaking with Zerubbabel and Joshua because just the pastor and his wife and the leadership and their wives, I cannot accomplish that which I want to accomplish just. So I need everyone to come on board and to get everyone to come on board. He's encouraging Zerubbabel. He's encouraging Joshua. He's encouraging the remainder of the people with the same words. He said, I want you to be strong. I want you to be alert. I want you all to be courageous. I want you to be strong. I want you to be alert. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be strong. I want you to be alert. And I want you to be courageous. And. Oh, we don't like that. 
See, I've come to find Pentecostal people, they are in love with work. They can sit for hours and watch other people do it. The only way, the only way, there is no other way, church, that that which God wants to accomplish in and through this body of believers for y'all's benefit but for His glory. He needs Zerubbabel to come on board. He needs Joshua to come on board. He needs the remainder of the people to come on board. And he needs them to work together as a team. You see, the word team, T stands for together. E stands for everyone. A stands for achieve. And the M stands for more. I can never be content with where I am at in my relationship with God. I can never be content with where I am at pursuing the dream of God for reaching higher ministry international. But I know the only way that better days is going to come, the best is going to come. I have to obey the word. I have to work. Likewise, my brother and sister in Christ, y'all have to work together as a team. You cannot, you cannot, I'm sorry, you cannot expect your pastors and their wives to make it happen by themselves. You cannot expect your pastors and the leadership to make it happen. It takes a team to make it happen. Now why would you all take off that verse if I haven't given you all permission? Give me the next verse. Man, I'm so enjoying myself. According to the word that I have covenanted with you, when he came out of, so my spirit, my spirit, so we work together, led by the spirit of God, because it's not our dream. I'm going to say it in my native tongue. Ons werk saam met die heilige gees, want dis nie ons droom. It's not a message in tongues, don't wait for the interpretation. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is amongst us. Oh, come on church, the Spirit of God, the Spirit, there ain't room for no other spirit. There ain't room for the spirit of Samson. There ain't room for the spirit of Jezebel. There ain't room for the spirit, whatever you want to call it. There's only room for the spirit of David. There's only room for the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Glory! He says, if you'll work together as a team, not by power, not by might. I want you to understand, no program is going to make it happen. No program. I am all for different seminars, huh? I'm, I'm a firm believer because that's how you equip God's children. But I want you to know no program is going to bring about for your benefit but for His glory what He wants to accomplish in and through you all as a people. That's why He said, not by power, not by might. Do not try and do this in your own strength. 
Do not try and do this in your own ability because I want you all to rest assured if you're going to try and do it in your own power, if you're going to try and do it, you will become weary. You will become tired and you will want to break out. You will want to turn your back on God's dream and walk out here and say, I'm going to find myself another place of worship. Unfortunately, so many have ran away from the dream of God for this place because they could not agree to disagree without allowing disagreement to affect relationship. He said, I'm with you. My spirit will abide with you forever because I have a dream and I'm just dreaming it through you all. It's not your dream, so you cannot boast in yourself. He said, verse 7, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I know when he speaks about I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations I know that refers to Jesus Christ. But I also want to believe that when God says, and I will shake all nations. You see, what is a nation? Who knows what does the word nation mean? The word nation simply means to be from the same clan. Based on the meaning of the word nation, now you will understand why the United States can no longer proclaim we are one nation under God. Because we have Muslims, we have Hindus, we have Buddhists. They're not part of the same clan as you and I are. And so when God says, I'm going to shake the, the desired things of all nations and they shall come in. What will God do if you and I, if, if you'll work together as a team, Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the remnant of the people, if you set your hand to the plow, to the task I've given you all, and you work along, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, I will start to shake the prick and the desired things. And what will happen all of a sudden, all of a sudden you will find here comes new converts. And they would say, I was actually a Muslim. I was actually a Hindu. I was actually a Buddhist. I was actually an atheist. I was actually, I don't know what I was, but I'm now a child of God. I want to take pressure of you pastor and I want to take pressure of you I posted it on my Facebook not too long ago stop trying to make this church grow numerically it's not your responsibility Jesus said I shall build my church you see unfortunately so many times men of God try to live up to the expectation of the congregation they expect you to make it happen. And at the end of the day, you become so frustrated. You become so tired that you feel like you want to quit. Stop. You can't make it happen. It takes a team. And when the team works on the dream, God said, now my son will start to build. And I will start to add. My son will build and I will add. My son will build and I will add. And my son will build and I will add. And when people come around and ask us, what is going on there? One can say, well, I cannot really describe it in words. The only thing I can tell you is that the Lord of hosts is in our midst. And his glory 
His glory, which means His manifested presence. There are three kinds of presences of God. I don't have the time to preach on that now. It's the omnipresence of God. It's the indwelling presence of God. And it's the manifested presence of God. And unfortunately, so many times we are content with the indwelling presence of God. So when He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, He's referring to the indwelling presence. And he said, although I'm indwelling, I want to manifest. I want my glory to fill the house. But it's not by power, nor by might. And then he said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. What does that speak about? I've said it maybe once, maybe twice. You cannot do ministry without money. I don't care who you are. To accomplish, to rebuild the house of the Lord, to be faithful and be committed to the dream of God and work along, you're going to need finances. You're going to need finances. You cannot do it without finances. I've never pulled up into a gas station, never. And they come and say, oh, well, you know, we know you're a man of God. Just fill up. It's for free. <laughs> Never went into Walmart and come to the cash register. And they say, well, you know, and I'll, maybe I will ask them, have anybody told you today that God is in the Oh, praise the Lord. You must be an anointing. Just have it for free. Oh, no, they still say it's $40. <laughs> you know. I've never walked into Krak and Defiki. Did you know you have a crock and defike in America? Cracker barrel. Have a meal and they said it's for free. No. So God says, the silver and the gold is mine. The finances you will need for ministry. Because the gold, the silver and the gold. You see, silver speaks about two things. Speaks about the purity of God and also speaks about money. Gold speaks about the glory of God and it also speaks about money. And God says, the silver and the, the money you'll need for this ministry will be there. Oh, your excitement moves me to great joy. I want to close. And here comes the promise. Verse 9. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Man, man, man. I don't know much about the history of this church or of Pastor Ricky's church. And when I say what I'm about to say, I am not uh, arrogant. I don't really want to know. Because I don't want to live in the past. God said, the glory of the latter. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm after. God, you said the best is still to come. But if I try and pursue the best while I'm looking back, I'm never going to see the best. But God, while enjoying the latter glory, God, I'm so tired of strife and envy amongst us. Now, thank God you all don't gossip only in South Africa. God, I'm so tired of putting out fires. You see, my brother and sister in Christ, if you have a common cause... You don't have time to gossip about one another. You will not allow the enemy any room. Because you have a common, you are busy rebuilding the house of God. You're busy working on the dream of God. And because we have a joint commitment, we don't have room if somebody wants to come and say, you know what, I don't want to hear. You have a problem with them, you go and resolve it between you and them. Don't want to hear this. 
We're not going to break the spirit of, of unity in the bond of peace by allowing you to slander, to gossip, to bad mouth. No. There's a job to be done. And the only way we can accomplish it is when the oil keeps running. It has to keep on running. The Spirit of God has to keep on flowing through us. Remember the bamboos last night? Everything had to be taken out on the inside. God changed my heart. God changed my way of thinking. Changed so that nothing will hinder the flow, the continual flow of the anointing. Because there's a latter glory. The best is yet to come in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Can you give God some praise in this house? Oh no, can you give God some praise? So I'm looking for two men. Not you. And neither you. Two men to take the communion table and come and put it here. I might need a little bit more oil than this. But this is what we're going to do tonight. I first want you to come and take the cup and the bread and go and enjoy your fellowship with God and have communion. And then when you're done, do you want to know what I'm going to do? When you come back, I'll tell you. First, Come and enjoy the cup and the bread. Take a place. God, maybe you need God to stir your spirit tonight. Maybe you need God to arouse your spirit tonight. Maybe you need God just to awaken you again and say, God, open up my eyes so I can see that which you want to accomplish in and through us. For our benefit, but it's for your glory, God. Come on, church.